Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Your hosts, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solano. What do you think, uh, for Mike McDaniel, it's been, you know, it's been a pretty charmed beginning of his career, and now he's had to deal with adversity these last three weeks. Had to have been stressful to deal with all this protocol stuff. He even started his Friday press conference where he's like, asking the reporters like hey here's a thought why don't we ask uh you know me about the vikings <laughs> which was funny but i think also comes from a place of truth is he's really tired about talking about concussions um do you feel like you know is the honeymoon stage over for mike mcdaniel at this point i know a lot of this stuff has been out of his control but you know you're in the lo- you're in the midst of losing three in a row here and, you know, people can say, like, you know, your team being undisciplined or these mistakes and all the penalties, they will point to coaching and say, hey, something has to get better here, um, even though who the hell could deal with this kind of adversity? So, you know, I was thinking about this on the way home where the Dolphins offense looked unbelievable really in one quarter. If, if we're, you know, I'm not hating on Mike McDaniel. But if we're being 100% honest, the Dolphins' offense looked like they took another step in one quarter of football this year. And they've scored 42 against the Ravens. But other than that, it was 20 at home against New England. Well, it's week one, right? That's what we all said. Yep. It's week one. It'll take some time. 21 against the Bills. Okay, but the Bills are a really good team. And uh, your defense was out there quadruple yeah, the amount of time. I would say time of possession would be my... Okay. My Fine. big thing there, but I, but I, I hear you. But then, you know, you score 20 or I'm sorry, 15 against the Bengals. And then you say, well, Tua was out and everybody was concerned about the ugly injury. Okay. Thursday night football, you're banged up, but then 17 against the Jets. And then, okay, fine. We did the thing with Teddy Bridgewater and then it was Skylar Thompson. But at some point, Tobin, like we can, we can keep doing the excuse machine and we can keep adding context, which by the way, I'm not saying is unfair. Like context matters when you're talking about these games, because the reality is you're preparing with one guy and he doesn't get to finish. And now all of a sudden somebody else has to come in who hasn't prepared to be in that, that position, especially this week with Teddy Bridgewater, not even practicing. So I'm not trying to push it aside, 
But I am saying at some point, you have to stop with the excuses. He was brought in to take this offense to another level. And as much as not having your quarterback matters, I mean, they're not moving the ball well, uh, running the ball. Um, I know Moster had a good game last week, but it really didn't matter because no, he got blown out anyways. Stunk. It stunk. And then as much as today you have, you know, your, your two guys go off, you have 19 minutes of possession, 184 yards in the first half, and all you got was three points out of it. So at some point, you know, I'm not out on McDaniel. I'm not saying he's not the man for the job. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. But yes, at some point, it falls on the guy who was brought in to get your offense to a level that it needs to be to win games, especially if this defense is not the same defense as it was the last eight games, nine games of the season last year. And that just hasn't been the case. And again, I'm not pushing aside the quarterbacks. I'm not pushing aside all the injuries because those things matter. But at the end of the day, when we're assessing this team at the end of the season, nobody's going to care about the injury bug because it's impacting every team around the NFL. And all that's going to matter is how many wins you had, how many losses you had, period. And um, the Dolphins, as great as that 3-0 start was, if we're being 100% honest, one good, unbelievable quarter of football. And then the offense has just been okay and less than average the rest of the time. I would say, like, here's my evaluation of what I I haven't looked at stats. I don't know where they rank anywhere. I would just say what's very clear about this team in years from in years past is their big playability because of their two best weapons is is huge. Like that, I think, is the fun part as a Dolphin fan. We see that they're not necessarily a team that does need. 10 plays to get down the field. I think that the run game even, has been even today, by the way, that yeah, even today that was, that was the case where all across the board today, you had guys making big plays. It wasn't just Tyreek. It wasn't just Waddle. Like you had the most big run. You had Tyreek earlier in the game, 30 yard uh, reception, Waddle 30 yard reception. Like you, you were able to get the big play, which to your point, the dolphins haven't been able to do in forever. No, like that's definitely been a noticeable thing is that they they can go and they can get chunk plays. And I actually sure. feel like as an offense, one of the things that's been a blessing because they seem to come out of the gates of these games very slow is they can get back into games. So that's been a good thing. But I'm with you. They have not been this vaunted offense that has put up a ton of points. The run game has been non-existent. Even Jonathan Vilma was talking today. He's saying, like, they're, they're a little predictable because of the personnel. Like, you could tell based on who's in what they're going to do. And I think yeah. that the, the Vikings probably snuffed a lot of that out. Or maybe the Jets didn't have the respect of it last week because the Dolphins hadn't shown it up to that point. Uh, the Vikings were very ready for Mostert at any point he was carrying the football today that the personnel was uh, was was very predictable, Vilma was saying. So that I think he has to go back to the drawing board. And certainly he's been throwing curveballs three straight weeks. Like, yeah. that just is what it is. But they have not scored an opening drive touchdown yet this season, which inevitably seems to put you behind in every single one of these games. So they got to get out to better start, Solana. That, that, that to me is huge. And I think that you look at these next – four games, five games that they got, which is, you know, many people correctly are putting as the cream puff of your schedule. These next five Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. 
uh, not a winning record among them. You know, they have, uh, they, they're all, they're all under 500. They're all, I think, was it one, two, two win teams? Well, Bears got two wins. So the and they, so you got everyone is a two win team except for the Texans who are a one win team. And I think that if we're gonna see them put up points, you're getting two back supposedly. This would be the time where we're gonna see. Okay, you're this this elite offense. You got all these weapons. You've invested in everything. Now it's go time. Supposedly you're gonna get. Supposedly next week. This is what we should have. We should have Tua back. Looks and sounds like we're going to get Armstead and Austin Jackson back. Um, so that's as healthy on the offensive side of the football as you can pretty much get. You know, yeah, the defense and the secondary doesn't feel like that's going to be maybe whole all year. It feels like Xavier's going to be playing through something. And it feels like Byron Jones, who knows? And Nick Needham's done for the year. So we might have to hold on. Cater uh, uh, Coe, who's now dealing with an oblique. So we may have like that. That feels like it's going to deal with it. But, dude, it's the Steelers coming in here. They're not lighting the world on fire. None of these quarterbacks should burn you for anything. So this is the time these next five weeks. We're like, I know this is the it's four and one or you're not serious about making the playoffs. Like that's that's how it has to be looked at because you blew the opportunity you had. Your opportunity was you started three and oh. Okay. I'll hear you out. You lose a game here and there. Football's going to football. But when you you blow all three of them in the same fashion, you lost your cushion. You're looking up at the standings now. Okay. Then you need to – there's no excuses. If you're better than these teams, all of these, these two-win crap teams, you better go on some kind of a run here. And something else that really bothered me, I didn't even mention it, Tobin, it's the way that some of these plays are getting called back. Look – your wide receiver is going to hold somebody. Your offensive tackle is going to hold somebody every now and then. That's going to happen. What about all these illegal procedure penalties for the Dolphins? What about guys just lining up where they're not supposed to be lining up? You have shotgun. Your fullback is is three yards behind the quarterback, so it's an illegal formation. That happened a ton of times today. Those are the things to me where I say, well, you know, Maybe, you know, the coach is at fault there, right? Especially the offensive-minded coach who's implemented his system. I mean, it's week six. It's not week one. It's not week two. It's not week three. It's week six. And you have three procedure penalties or, or two procedure penalties called on your team. Like, it, it, that's 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 a sign of, of some sort of dysfunction between the offense and the guy who's who's, you know, creating and calling these plays. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's funny you mentioned that too, because I was thinking that during the game. I was like, man, I feel like that happens to them a lot. Where a like a ton of times, there's yeah. either a guy illegally downfield or they illegally form. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's like, because I haven't even seen a lot of that on Twitter or anything like that. But, um, I, I've noticed that too. Like it feels like they get caught in some kind of place, and they're just like, hey, you had a great play, but it was illegal. You can't do that. 
And Tobin, uh, w- w- when when the Dolphins got in the red zone before the Mike Kosicki touchdown, if you remember, the the play got called back on um on a play. I think Teddy ended up just throwing the ball in the dirt because of the rush, but it was illegal man downfield. And I watched the replay. Every offensive lineman is in the end zone. And it's like, it's head scratching because, you know, they should know that. How do they not know that they can't be X amount of yards down the field on a passing play? And it seems like they're getting called on it every single game, whether it's Robert Hunt, whether it's, you know, and, you know, we give Robert Hunt a pass because he gave us the most electrifying play last year or whatever. True. But but at some point, you're, you're saying to yourself, like, hold on a second. What the hell is going on here? And if this were any other head, head football coach with all those penalties on that drive, five penalties on one drive, what, what what's the criticism that comes there? No, look, he bought Undisciplined. himself. No doubt. He bought himself a lot of clout, I think, with a lot of Dolphin fans. And you started off 3-0. and He's the first guy to do that since Jimmy Johnson. I think he's a good football coach. I, I really do. Like, I don't think he's one of these fakes that's out there. Um, I do too, by the way. I, I'm just, I'm just. No, trying, but it's it's a fair trying, criticism. I think I'm it's trying a, I, to be fair, right? Where, yeah, you know, if, if we were criti- if if we weren't Dolphins fans and we're looking at it, and you're looking at the amount of penalties and the types of penalties, because again, you're, uh, you know, Greg Little's in there and he's getting torched all game. At some point, he's going to get called for a holding because it is what it is. Like you're not going to get too upset about that. But on one, have you ever seen that one drive? Where... No, that was crazy. I, I that was like, it was literally like five straight plays or four or five out of six plays where there was yeah. a flag. Yeah. It was and it was very frustrating because the Dolphins kept getting electric plays, and you're like, oh my god, this is like going to be huge for Skylar Thompson, and it was just frustrating because just ended in a fart. You just... know, some something else that stood out to me today, um, and it stood out to me immediately because. You force, uh, you force the Vikings to punt in the first drive. Javon Holland muffs the punt, and uh. Jalen Phillips ends up recovering. So it was fine. You don't even think about it again. But I was just scrolling here on Twitter. Joe Shad tweeted out, it's a little weird that through six games, the Dolphins only have one interception, which you talked about, yep. 14 punt return yards. And I'm thinking about it. I mean, okay, you muffed the first punt, but you have Tyreek Hill. You have Javon Holland, who we know, like we saw it last year, not that – He's Devin Hester, but he's he's a more than capable return man. You mm-hmm. have Jalen Waddle, you have Raheem Mostert. Like this should be a team that's at the very least able to break off one good return on the special teams to help your offense put them in a better position. And we've got none of that this year. Thomas Morset has been the only guy in the special teams that you can look at and say he's been good. Your punter's been fine, he's but jacked. then he also he gave you his the the butt punt. So you know he he's kind of been. I don't know who that's on. I don't know who that's on. Is that on him or is that on Sherfield's big ass? I don't know. 